Only the leagues? Only the Alliance leagues. A grain of rice. A grain of rice. It's going to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo. You've got to get Andy Moran into the game. We're missing what's the show. We're missing what's the show. Then we're no longer the whipping boys of Munster. Morning guys, how are you all? Uh, you're very welcome along uh, to the Examiner's Hurling Show, uh, sponsored by Alliance. We we thank them, don't forget to do it some weeks, but how uh, are you Alliance, fair play, cheat, doing a great job. Uh, Marco, how are things? We're, we're the only two that were on terra firma here in Ireland uh, last week of the guest lineup today. Look, it, it's a bit like Leo Varadkar, like and Michal Merton. We sent Michal to America. We sent Shady and TJ Ryan to, to Chatham. You know, the boys didn't send back too many winners either there, though, either. No, TJ was slow enough on the on the old on the WhatsApp page, wasn't yeah, he? I, he could have been inside in the Mandarin Bear too, Mac. I said discussing the demise of Limerick. I said uh, to what I can gather, JP called in all the troops while they were over in uh, Chatham's lads. You better get the voice started now, fairly lively, like it's getting serious. And did you responded yesterday? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what I was going to say, and, and Liam will concur, right? Anybody who's been to the National Hunt Festival in Cheltenham, right? It is an amazing atmosphere. It is a special place. And anybody who follows the horses will just have an attraction to the place that will never go away. And it's a little bit like the Munster Championship, Mark, right? Is that in terms of you get loads of tips, Everybody will fancy their horse. And if you go and meet somebody that's connected to Willie Mullins, he'll fancy their horse. And if you meet somebody from Gordon Elliott's stable, they'll fancy their horse. And if you meet somebody from the English stables, Nicky Henderson's or Nichols, they'll fancy their horse. So you get loads of tips. And at the end of the day, you have to make up your own mind. So that's what we did in a lot of cases, a lot of occasions. It worked sometimes. It didn't work. We hit the bar with a few. Gaelic Warrior, Mark, as you know. Uh, mm -hmm. Poor old Gento was kind of a bit of a, a setback to us on, on, on the Friday. And we yeah. had a bit of a tip there for Andy Dufresne on the Wednesday <clears throat> for, for, for one of JP's. Dufresne. Andy Dufresne. He didn't get us out of jail on this occasion. But brilliant place. <laughs> and uh, the, nightlife, the nightlife was great. Uh, great atmosphere all week. And I couldn't say more. I was with a good crew and a good team as well. Like, and we were in the Centaur there. And I met a couple of right GA crews from up and down the country. And I met a crew there from Mount Sinai in Waterford, and they were having a right time. Sheepo, they were, I think they were the, one of the crews who needed the wheelbar on the Ryanair plane on the way home. And they told me they were leaving on Thursday morning. They were going to have the whole lot on state, man, on Friday, Mark. So I'd say they were in some state for the weekend. So I'll, I'll, I'll leave it to Liam to tell me his side of the story, yeah? Yeah, in fairness to it. He said it at Christmas, Liam. Liam, you're welcome along. Uh, first outing of the year for you. We didn't see you since the All-Ireland. Uh, but you gave us a great show that morning. So good to see uh, the Portro legend with us this morning. Fresh looking, fresh looking. But of course, you only did a couple of days over, Liam. Yeah, I respect my age. and not like TJ. Uh, two days is enough for me over there. I'm still only getting my voice back. But um, yeah, we threw up one day. It was actually really sad on the plane on the way over. So they were, they were all lining up. The crack was good. Um, yeah, as, as he said, a great festival. Um, you know, we were in the company of Brian Atchison, who was down in engineering. So we came home. Thursday morning, unfortunately, we missed. He had Bob Ollinger come over the line on uh, on 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 Thursday, but uh, look, it was a it was a it's a it's a great festival. I mean, I'll never forget. You know, we were in the in the thick of it there for the first race on Tuesday morning when the flag goes up. Like it, it is like, 
you know, it's like it's like the national anthem in Ireland final. If you're into horses, like that's that's your All Ireland final when you go to Cheltenham because the quality of racing, the quality of fair, and as T just said, everybody thinks their own horse is going to win. But um, the English got off to a race, raced off into a three 0 lead. They're all going around saying, "Oh, three 0 three 0 to the English." And you know, when you think about it, it was eleven ten going into the last day. You know, Presbury Cup is is a big deal uh, over there. It's sort of the Irish versus the English, and you know, they just whipped them on seven uh, 0 on 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 Friday. Uh, Willie. Mullins, Willie Mullins getting five of them. It was just, it was just an incredible day for him. But um, you know, and again, I think you know, looking at Paul Townend, you know, when he picking picking himself up off the floor after galloping, um, you know, when he when he fell um on Thursday, the way he reacted and what he went on to do over Thursday and Friday, you know, as a sports person, I thought like it really showed massive personal resilience to see the way he he got himself up, up off the ground. He just went on again, like to come back out and do what he did, you know, within an hour. Uh, I thought it was incredible. So, you know, it's, it's just great to see sports people. And look, I suppose Tipperary, we're not going to leave, you know, we're not going to leave it out speaking about the wonderful race with Blackmore. Uh, well, I don't I know, Liam. It, I said it on Friday. I said it on Friday. We have an absolute gem. Like, she's just incredible. I thought the way she spoke after the race, the way she just carries herself in the saddle is just, I mean, I think she's just so iconic for everyone. I mean, they all t- talk about, you know, female and having female in sport. And I think that's fantastic. But actually, as a as an overall role model for sport, I think she's just incredible. I mean, the humility of her in her interviews after the after the race at all was just fantastic. And like she didn't like you know for anyone in the North horse racing, like where she sat in that gold cup, she was in behind. There was a lot of horses in front of her. One, you know, a lot of horses had hard luck stories. She she was brave as you like, and she brought that horse on, and she knew what she had in the tank. Jumping the second last, and I just thought the race and start to finish, I thought it was an incredible gold cup. You know, probably not as much pace on. Early on, which probably played to her horse and horse strength, but a Plutard mm. three to one. I was I was licking my lips, you know. But I went over. I didn't make a lot of money on Tuesday and Wednesday, but there was a sweepstake at the local pub here, um, and I had four winners Thursday, four winners Friday, and I, I collected five hundred quid in rye breens here in the local pub. So I had more I had more luck at home than than I had when I was over there. But a fantastic week. Anyone that's into horses, fantastic week. Yeah. yeah, and Dale, just two, two, two other things to add, right, from a coaching point of view and management, what William Mullins and his team are doing, right, and it's, it, it, and there's a big group of them, like, to have 10 winners in Cheltenham at the biggest mm-hmm. festival of them all, like, and, and they all speak of the team, and I was just reading um, the Irish Field on Saturday, right, and, and Willie said he'd score himself 7 out of 10 for the week, that's what he said he'd score himself, right, he said he got some decisions wrong, which we don't know about, but just an incredible team, and the second thing is, one of the other amazing stories in the week is the horse flooring porter. Really, really cheap yeah. horse. I think he was bought for something like five or six grand. You've probably seen um, Chinese Scale and, or James Scale, sorry. Yes, and yeah. a few, a mm. James Scale and a few of the Galway boys. I think his uncle is involved in the syndicate. And another fascinating story about flooring porter is the lady who lit up the horse, she won an All-Ireland medal in 2021 with the Mead footballers. So she was interviewed afterwards as well in the paper and she said this, like leading flooring porter back in like, even though it's hard to believe what the Mead footballers did last year, she said it topped a lot. So that'll just tell you the feeling that she got. So, yeah, so lo- loads of stories. Great fun, great place. Anybody who's got an interest in National Hunt Racing, put it on the list and try and get there at some stage because it's just magic. There was a lot of, a lot of shouting and roaring here in Murtis for Florin Porter. I said, yeah, everyone, we all... <laughs> We all, well, we were flooring porter, so we decided to get her back in. Let's <laughs> say an awful dilemma Monday. I, I sat down and I just picked out three of them and I did uh, a patent and I also did a little triple on the three of them. And uh, I did the first two up at seven to two and 11 to four, TJ. So I couldn't get you, 
I didn't know where Liam Sheedy was at that stage. He was lost in the middle of Tarastall's Bear or something. So I rang the real racing expert here on, on the show who advised me to cash out. And uh, it was on Willie's in the last race, like, you know, uh, the only winner he had on, on Tuesday. So what was his name? Statler, was it? Statler. Statler, yeah. Statler, so yeah. Watching Statler jump on the last and he going clear. Like, I was thinking of what could be collected out of this bit. But I went... I went to the people who breed them and rear them and sell them <laughs> on and that, you know. So it's tough, tough enough to take, TJ. But he, I don't know he said cash out and have a good bet on Stackler. So that's what I done. So it was as good a Cheltenham yeah. week as I ever had. Anyway, uh, fair play, fair play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be um, very important, Dale, to take a few quid off the table anytime the opportunity arrives and you'll get a chance to get a few quid of Petty Power or Biles, right? Take yeah. it, put it into the pocket. And as Tommy and Brian used to say to me years ago, Go in, buy something with it now straight away because it's only a temporary one when you're dealing with those fellas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I kind of said it to Eilish, and I, I come here, I said it to Eilish, and uh, I didn't tell her the figures in bad now, mind you. <laughs> but, uh, I said, uh, Landers reckons I should cash out. Cash out if he said cash out, she said. <laughs> <laughs> so the cute Q- Q- East Cork man one, went out. One we very unlucky. With the tip that I gave you at Christmas, oh, 40 yeah. to 1, remember, on statement to win at Christmas and win at Cheltenham. And came, right. came down at the second last, unfortunately, at Leperstown. But to have, been, to have been for small money, we got a right touch at 40 to 1. So I still hung in there. I, I kept my faith in him. And um, a good week on the breeding, breeding front. We had um, two winners, two winners on the breeding front. So... Aloha won for me. So I have a half-sister at home in Fort Nathaniel. She's due tomorrow. And I have a three-part sister to Ellie May. And by God, I can tell you this much. She got some roaring home because she collected a lot of lockets from here in Killer and East Cork, I can tell you, on the back of Ellie May. But she had a cold fall by Dr. Dino last Monday. So if that was a tip in itself, I said, I'm waiting all in. And the JP Mac- and what a ride by Mark Walsh because Walsh, last yeah, year he had a fair effing and blinding for me now I can tell you but he produced one of the rides of the one of the rides of the festival I would tell you so it was brilliant great to see JP there as well with a couple of winners TJ yeah absolutely always badly needed we need we we need all that Mark and uh, next year do you know what we'll bring you over yourself and Dela bring you Let's over do. for a couple of days you're held to that <laughs> yeah all on the queue all on the queue all on the queue Ah, uh, we have we we have connections, Zilla. We'll you, you looked after. <laughs> Landers, are you, are you getting any old night sleep at the moment with all this fall and this corner? I was I I had to go down and scan three mares this morning. Thankfully, I I won beautiful mare, um, Glen Ryan, the footballer from uh, from Kildare, the manager is involved with me. So she, a half sister, the Grand Wah, who ran for Gordon Elliott on Tuesday or Wednesday. Wednesday, the ground was going against her. But she had a walk in the path called Fall four weeks ago. And we had a big decision to make over the last couple of weeks who to put her back and forth. To. So we we're looking to walk in the park or Blue Brazil. We decided to go Blue Brazil and Constitution Hill, who Constitution probably Hill, is going yeah. to be the, the real threat to Honeysuckle, I would suggest going forward now, is by Blue Brazil. So she scanned in forward this morning at half to seven in the morning. So it's been a good morning, Dela. Morning, evening, noon, it doesn't matter. We get the job done here, Dela. <laughs> you know, so we've no for the way at the 12 o'clock, don't the bear. 
did you, did you have the rashers and the black pudding and the sausages then afterwards? You did. <laughs> yeah, and reading the paper and a bit of orange juice and get ready for the podcast. <laughs> uh, sure. And and you were in time to watch the Sunday game last night, but it was on too late in the hurling for you. I was asleep. I was asleep for God's sake. Well, I did wake up. I did wake up on stage all right, and I saw the coverage of Cork and Wexford. The old camera work wasn't brilliant. I'd have to say no. And I, my old eyesight isn't getting great either, so wasn't much watching. Once they announced the team on Saturday night, it was show up really, like you know. So there wasn't much yeah. to watch. Wexford were a bit of value at seven to four after that, weren't they? And uh, Jeez, your man came good I again, Rory O'Connor. Right? But, yes. but our, our <laughs> man, Rory O'Connor, the fantasy legend, clicked again. There's someone, uh, sorry, no, for not remembering your name, but someone sent me a private uh, tweet there last night. I, I'll think of it there in a sec. Um, Say so only one man has scored more than one twelve for Wexford in the history of uh, hurling, and that is the bold Mickey Record, who we saw. Uh, twas twas John Glennon from Wexford. He said just to tell uh, Landers there uh, against Cork, but a couple of lads have scored fifteen points, one twelve, or maybe you know, um, right three 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 four or whatever. Let me add it up, but. Uh, Rory matched that yesterday. Only, only the great Nicky Rackard has scored more than that. So I'd have to tell you the National League he's having. Mm, um, but Mark, you are under a bit of pressure with Larry coming up behind you there in the fantasy. He, well, Kayla, <laughs> if yeah. I be brutally honest now with you, right, once I finish yes. in front of you, right, I'll be quite happy, right? Because <laughs> I'm off anyway. the bottom. A two a two time wooden spoon champion to be leading <laughs> such an esteemed group of people here. I'm really amazed at myself. And if I answer Charlie, big help to me. He's only nine years of age now in June, so he's a big help as well. But um Liam, 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 your buddy Liam Cahill didn't do me any second favors over the weekend by leaving off Stephen Bennett, my captain. So I missed out the double pints as well. But I'm hanging he's in there a lot. We're going into he's a bad injury, man. Huh? He's, he has a bad injury, Mark Stephen Bennett. Oh, Jesus. We'll have to move him That's out. out there now. I don't know. Over it could weekend. be one of your rumours now. It could be one of your rumours. <laughs> someone someone texts me that they are going to Twitter, Twitter world. Yeah, you have a lot to play for, I'd say, with the four transfers only. You have a lot of lads involved in the semi-finals. And you also have Neil McManus, who was conveniently yeah. uh, rested yesterday. You'll have him against Offaly as well. So... Um, TJ, you had a good week. You had a good week. Yeah, good week, but playing catch up. But I'm a little bit like um, an awful lot of the other teams in the league at the moment. Hello, I have the eye in the championship. I don't <laughs> want to see it out. Yeah, Liam, we have to get a team off you for the championship there. We have to get <laughs> I see that. But I see not, that. You yeah. don't really see. Um, have we our listeners' league as well, there, lads? Have we? Have we it in there? We have. Mark, you, you've slipped back to third in the listeners' league. Uh, Tony O'Brien from Galty Rovers. Um, we have the way. Ball, no. A great score, 3-0-1. I don't know who, how you're picking them, lads. Um, I've slipped off the front page of that altogether there now. Uh, Martin Burke from Rory Og, who always goes well. Um, he hadn't a great week either. He, uh, but Yeah, Marco, you need just to transfer um, Cooley and Campbell. I'm going to be listening now intently to the 3D today to get a few snippets as to who's going to be in the league final because... The amount of players having the league final is probably going to determine who takes the first spot. And as you know, Daylock, no one remembers second. So it's all about the first spot. But 
The question is whether you want to be the, nat the national winner or just your group. Like, so I'd be quite happy just to be the leader in your group now. Yeah, once I win the Clarkassel one, I, I'd be you. happy enough with that. <laughs> you know, once I win the club <laughs> one, I'm happy enough with that. Like, once I beat Higgy, I'm and of happy course, with that. <laughs> have you got a, have you, will you have the wooden spoon for Shani McGrath this year? Because yeah, there's no way good. he's going to catch somebody in the bottom. The 3.4 mention on the Black Rock Road, we will be posting the wooden spoon. <laughs> Down to Shani. Shani was in Cheltenham as well during the week. Was he? He was. Oh, Jesus Christ. Landers, we are the only one. At least you're scanning falls. I'm, I'm only scanning <laughs> fucking Porter. But the Guinness lorry is, is throwing off a few kegs out there. Badly wanted after the week, though, I yeah, have to say. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Liam, you're not seeing any hurling at the moment, really, are you? No, I was watching it last night. Um, actually, you're not seeing anything like, live, though, are you? I was up. I was at the, I was at the tip match against Dublin. Uh, I seen that one live. So that weekend, I was on the Sunday game that weekend. So. I got to see all the matches, but I, I only seen the tip and tip and Dublin match live the previous week, um, and I got to see the full round of fixtures that um, that weekend. Um, so yeah, look, you know, I suppose teams. I it looked to me like teams were targeting matches um, in in yeah. some cases where they're looking to see right, we'll go full on here now and see where we're at, and once they see where they're at, they get a good sense of. But no, it'll be interesting to see with managers how many of them feel right now for the teams that are knocked out now. How close they are to having their championship fifteen uh, nailed down because I suppose that's always the view when you get to the end of the league that you nearly have ten or twelve of your starting positions nailed. Um, so, no, I think there'll be a big few weeks. I know you done a lot of discussion last year about the A versus Bs and all the conversation on this pod. So, I think the A versus Bs is going to take on a new a new lease of life in some counties for the next few weeks because I think there's still some places up for grabs. Um, and and Camille, how how is how is Benty keeping? Are you going to relegate the Dubs like? Oh, Jesus, no, that's, I'd, I'd much rather be on last week. We had a great win above in Donegal. They weren't beaten up there in 12 years. Says, Jesus, this thing is this thing is, is going really well. But, uh, oh, no, there's, uh, it's, because uh, there were, oh, no, no answers from yesterday. They were topsy-turvy anyway, that Division yeah. 1 Barcary. Yeah, it? it is, yeah. But, I mean, it's yeah. it's so competitive. I mean, when you see where it's at, um, you know, there's two teams and four points. There's three teams and five points. Like, it's just, it's, like, the, oh, the competitive nature of that, of that Division 1 league is, um, is 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 serious yeah, now? You'd be, you know? you'd be hard to beat in Clonus. You'd be hard to beat in Clonus. <laughs> I don't know. When we play just to be hard to beat nowhere. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and come here, um, Marco. You only put out the B team. So they tell me anyway. Um, there was, I suppose, a few of the regulars were left on the sideline. Maybe didn't even actually bring them to the sideline. So you knew your fate early. That. Um, they weren't even going to be interested in bringing on fellas or bringing on a bit of artillery to see whether they could um, claw back the, the lead that Wexford had. So I, I think they probably looked at the fact that they knew they were in the semi-final. There was probably a decision made, I would say, listen, the six or seven fellas that they left out are the fellas that have probably done most of the hurling so far this year and they'd be very happy with their form. Probably have made a decision to say, listen, let's throw in the, the other lads and let's see if they can sink, sink or swim. And... Um, I suppose the, the pleasing thing is that Darrow O'Leary probably came out of it a good bit of credit and Kieran Joyce came out of it with a good bit of credit as well. So they are two defenders, I think, that have been found and they probably will be more or less, I'd say, starters by injury now or a real bad loss of form, which I suppose is a, is a good thing, like, you know. So you, you can look at it a couple of different ways. I, I hate giving anybody any impetus to the answer. I, I made this point last year when we put in a very weak team. 
against Limerick and we got really badly beaten above in the Gaelic rounds that you're trying to recover ground and you're trying to recover a bit of confidence. So whether it'll backfire now will depend on what happens next Saturday against Kilkenny. And then again, of course, is it a phony one or is it a phony league? Like, I mean, I made this point the last time, two weeks ago on the podcast, I think Cork are in a, in a difficult position if we get to the league final. If you get there, you want to win it. Then you're facing the All-Ireland champions a fortnight later. I know it's in Patrick Creed, but it's going to be, that's going to be a, a oh, is that, that I'm really worried about that game because Limerick will be gone away now for the next four weeks, right? There won't be a geek about them. And I think they're going to come to Patrick Creed with all guns blazing in the championship. So that's going to be a very difficult scenario for Cork now. And the biggest question is whether they're going to go for it or not against Kilkenny next Saturday night. And I, I was listening to you, Liam. Um, you made a very valid point uh, on the Sunday game two weeks ago when you said that two weeks is too short and it should be the top two teams in either side of the division should be straight into the final because we had a no contest just uh, in Wexford Park, which probably, okay, that's just the way it materialised. But it did materialise and it was a nothing game as far as Cork were concerned anyway. Um, you know, Wexford obviously the fact that they were at home would want to win and wouldn't blame them and they were dead right to do that and they went at Cork from the get-go. But um, I, I think Cork have a difficult decision to make now whether they're happy enough for what they have and will they flat out the match against Kilkenny next Saturday night or not. Well, what's good, TJ, is that we have a Munster and a Leinster team meeting in, in both semi-finals. So in that sense, maybe we'll get less shadow boxing. Do you know that you can, you're not going to be meeting them immediately in the championship anyway? Yeah, potentially. Um, <clears throat> look, with, with regard to the league overall, first of all, I'm probably like a lot of GA people up and down the country. I think in its current format, it doesn't really work. But I don't know what the solution is either. Do you know what I mean? So it's a tricky one, how to work out what is the best league. Like Liam said there, play the top two teams in the final. But then you end up in the last round with a load of dead rubbers, effectively, which you don't want. And people like Galway Clare yesterday was one... Effectively, the Dublin match was a bit of a dead rubber because of their scoring average, you know. And then you always you always had the teams like Limerick always had that, I suppose, that belief that they would beat off for the final game of the season, so it wasn't going to put them with pressure. Even and the likes tip. of Antrim, yeah, and and, and tip yeah. like they, they they beat Antrim, but I would say even the likes of Antrim and Offaly in the in that game yesterday had an eye big time on next weekend because it's a big game. There was no major adventure for them to play well yesterday, so <clears throat> it's a tricky one. In relation to Kilkenny, like see, the, way, the way the calendar's fallen, right? So you had the last round of the league, the weekend just gone, right? So you have a potential semi-final coming. The following week, you have a final coming. Then you have a one-week break and then followed by two championship matches, right? So if you take that window, right, where you've got five games where you're going after, which are first two teams. Weeks, you have two weeks break though, TJ, haven't you? you have two weeks no, sorry, break. One weekend off. No, two. Two-week two week break, two-week window, like. Oh yeah, but it's only one yeah, weekend. One weekend oh yeah, no, yeah, one weekend. Right. Yeah, it's it's only one weekend where you don't play. So yeah. what I, what I'm saying is, if you get to the league final, no, the the last four teams that are left, right? The point I was making about Kilkenny is their championship start isn't as difficult on paper as the other teams, right? So like. The concern would be getting to a league final that if things didn't work out for you, you only have literally a week. And everyone knows there's a taper week into the championship anyway, literally a couple of days. And if you have a very tough league final, you can't really train hard that the week afterwards. So you don't really have any window to fix anything or go change. And so if something doesn't work for you, so are the teams going away now with, let's say, three weeks of a training block 
guaranteed go and get a challenge match and be prepared are they better off or are the teams and that's why it's been turning out to be a, a bit of a phony war look it's still a national competition there are teams in here I'm sure that winning a league would be great for them it's, it's always good for confidence and I do agree with you I, I, I think there's a nice four left and I think looking at the four of them I think the four of them will want to win it I, I don't see any reason that's the way they won't. Um, I don't think the weekend coming you'll see phony teams. I think they'll go after it. And I just said, as I said, looking at it, the, 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 the bookmakers are making Waterford favourites at the moment with Cork second favourites. And then to balance the two farm teams, let's say maybe over the last two weeks, Kilkenny getting stronger and stronger as weeks go on, their third favourites. And Wexford, the team who completely unbeaten Mark are outside as a four, so that'll probably just tell you enough about where the league is at. Can you explain that? Like, yeah, it's hard to believe. It's hard to believe that they're outsiders of the four, but mm. I, I like, I just the only difference at the four teams that are left in the semi final TJ is a Cocker playing Limerick in the first round of the championship, and that is monumental. Like, I got well, to and Wexford have to play Galway, like. Exactly. Wexford playing Galway, yeah. out, what, Is the Waterford tip game below the Welsh Park? Yeah, it is. Yeah? Yeah, we show Waterford are four points up, five points up before they even start, like, because that place is a graveyard for teams. <laughs> I guarantee that they'll probably collect the four points down the Welsh Park. They'll be, they'll be very, very hard to beat in Welsh Park. I can tell you that much now. Not in recent years, Matt. Not not in recent years. Not in recent years. It hasn't been since the Am round right robin came Liam, in. Liam, um, is Liam Cahill unbeaten in Welsh Park? Might be in the league, you see. But last year we were back to neutral venues, and 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 the year before with the COVID. But in the two years of the round robin, had we two years or three years of the round robin, Liam? Yeah, but they, did, they didn't play any match down in Welsh Park because they definitely beat them down there. They beat them in the first match in nineteen. Yeah. Limerick beat him down Limerick there. Limerick beat him down there. Limerick beat him in 19. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Again, this is a Landers uh, rumour out there, Les, that they're four points down. <laughs> it's the Limerick Pass. I think the before Dalot. I think the year before Dalot, Walsh Park was ruled as, as not being allowed as a venue. There was works going on there, wasn't there? There was works going on. So I don't think they I think they had to concede home venues in. They played G in Limerick, didn't they? Sorry? They played G in Limerick today, the Aston goal. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah, they, they, yeah. as you said, they've only had in the round robin, they've only had nineteen there. Yeah, but Mark, you're right. Like, you know, Wadford will fancy themselves to beat Tip or anyone because like I mean they've beaten Tip in the league down there two years. Uh they've beaten Limerick down there in the league. Um so they feel that they've good form down there in the league. But ultimately, you know, Tip will go down, they'll have you know, that'll be their massive match. Uh, I think if Tip are to have a real cut off Munster, I mean winning that match down there could give them a lift. Of a, of a significant Brilliant. nature, you know. Um, but look, we all know that you know the manager that was probably wanted is on the other sideline, so they shouldn't lack for motivation going down there. And it's a massive match. And mm. you know, if, if if Waterford go on and play the league semi final and the league final, you'll definitely know exactly their style of play, how they're going to set up, what what format they'll have. So you can study them inside out. You've got all your time. You can have your camp. You can have your build up. So Tip right now can very easily call out their schedule from now until the six. I think it's the sixteenth of April. They can call out that schedule. John Kylie can call out his schedule. In Clare and Cork and Wexford and in and in Kilkenny, you're sitting there this morning saying, "Okay, I think you think TJ is right. You can build for next week, and you'll get two massive matches next week because you can go hell for leather. Next week's matches are ideal." For preparation because you're three weeks out from the championship you can go absolutely hammer and tongs at it and see where you're at 
and see where the, and see where your team is at. I think we, mm. I think if Cork have Kilkenny coming to town next weekend, I think Cork would want to win that match because it's in Parky Cueve. That's where they're going to. That, that it's like a, a a pre a trial of your championship format. So I think that's yeah. perfect. But I think that I think the challenge is then when you get there, then you have to win it. And if not, mm. you're, so right. somebody's going to get to see you twice in top class competition to understand exactly what you're like. I'd say it honestly, Dale. I mean, when we got a chance to see Claire play in Watford in Torles, it gave us huge insights into how Claire yes. set up. Uh, in terms of where John Conlon was going to play. So we, we we had a fair idea how Clare wanted to play. And I had a whole week then to try and say, well, how do we map our game on? And mm. by doing that, limit how Clare wants to set up. So oh, I'd I'd say Brian Lohan, Brian Lohan be the first one in his car heading to Walsh Park, like with tip the following week. 100%. Yeah. 100% yeah. you will. So like, yeah. there's real value in seeing exactly how, because you know we're not in a game where you can, you can change your structure week in, week out. You can just say, we'll change it next week. Now we're playing we're playing a different team so you know you you are going to find a situation where like it is different managers have to think differently now about the the transformation from league to championship and no matter what any of these four managers do next saturday night ultimately they'll all all be judged on whether their team makes the linster uh final three or the Munster final three that's it yeah, the flip side, Liam, is that for Waterford then, right, for playing tip in the first round, like tip are going away now, as you said, with that certain block of exactly what they're going to do, right? Yeah. There's probably a lot of unknowns about the tip team, which Waterford won't have prepared for because they won't know what's coming on the track. Yeah. And whereas the flip side is, like, Callum and the boys will have had a good look at Waterford now. They'll probably have a fair idea of what first 15 is coming on the track. A little bit the same with Limerick, even there, right? Cork will have to play probably more or less full strength next Saturday night. They will be what they will be. Whereas Limerick, there's probably I, maybe things that they can look at now, right? The, the fact that they played Mike Casey at full back with Dan Morrissey at left half back, there's a possibility now of, let's say, a move up the field with a couple of reshuffles. So yeah. whether, they, whether they happen or not, right? In that window, like if Cork were to get to a league final, right? In that window, which is a very short window, they will have to prepare for all those uncertainties or unknowns. They won't be able to say, right, well, Kyle Hayes won't be centre forward or Keane Lynch won't be midfield. So there'll be a lot more unknowns. And that's the point that Liam is making about you probably are showing your hand effectively if you get to a league final. Now, the reward is is a national title, but Mm. Is it to the losing team you showed your hand? That's effectively it. Yeah, and even from a clear point of view, like um, you know, we've a free week as well. The first weekend, I think, which is no harm because you you know your block now, and you have an even longer block, and you can probably go a bit yeah. harder now in the early two weeks of it. And the news breaking over the weekend is Shane O'Donnell is coming back and is in good shape. And See that Peter Duggan got the game under his belt yesterday. Mm-hmm. Not so good on, on Dermot Ryan, I'm hearing, but you don't, you know, sometimes these injuries can come back a bit quicker. But, and, and like just on that, Liam, I like, and just on that as well, that's where I move, ask Liam about, just want to ask you about tip, Liam. Like, it, it, I'd say Matty Kenny and Brian Lohan were the first two probably on the phone to each other today, anyway, or maybe last night, because it's going to be very difficult, like, for to say that Claire will play Cork. You know, you're going to be playing them in a few weeks. Yeah, uh, we just played Galway yesterday. You probably might have a rematch with them, maybe as your last match. Um, the four teams that are in the semi-finals may have no interest in a in a challenge match. So yeah. Clare Dublin is a definite one anyway that you'll be looking for. It'd be difficult after that. Wanted to to organise your yeah, A versus your B's will be the big thing, Liam. Yeah, and I think Tit, Tit versus Dublin is a, is a potential runner too, as you said. But it's the teams that are in the middle tier, um, province against province. 
is going to be more suited. But I tell you, you know, you can imagine what 15 v 15s are going to be like in, in a place like Limerick. You know, because I mean, I think you know you have the likes of Mike, Mike Casey coming back in. You've Colin Coughlin pushing for a place. Oshin O'Reilly and Adam English and some of these guys are looking to put their hands up. So, the strength of your panel is going to be important here because you know, no matter what you do, I think it's the internal matches that you're going to have and the camp that you'll have where you really go fifteen on fifteen is going to tell a lot. Um, so, I, I think they're, I think they're huge. You could do a look down on it, and it kind of backfired on him. I mean, his last year, um, we did twenty five nights out of twenty eight including the weekends. And we, we literally weren't able to walk against Tip below, but he thought, of course, the old, the old soldiers had come out to us again. But we, yeah. we, there was nothing late. It just backfired. He didn't get it wrong too often, though, I'd have to say. In, yeah. In the prep, yeah. But, uh, but, you know, but I mean, we'd come off a bad league and, and kind of just saying, yeah, it's my last year. I'm giving this one unmerciful yeah. goal. Yeah. It probably backfired, doesn't it? Any talk yeah. last night, Liam, I see the, the McGrath seemed to be back in form. Uh, Mark Kyo, now, I know Antrim had an eye on next week. I'd say Darren had seen no Neil McManus and a couple more, and it's a an eye on what is maybe the most important game next weekend, and we, we'll get to that. But the vibes from Tip, is there certain patterns beginning to develop that, that we might see in, in four weeks' time? Well, look, I think the big thing for Tip is, is you know, you probably seen yesterday that, you know, James Creedley looks like he's 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 going to be, you know, handed a, he, he looks like he's, he's in poor position to win the full-back race. I mean, James comes up, comes up trumps. That's a big plus because that releases Ronan out um, and means Ronan, oh, Ronan can operate. Ronan, you know, the, the talk is that Ronan was exceptional again yesterday. You know, he's, he's a top-class hurler. Seamus Kendi and, and, and Robert Byrne are on club man um, doing very, very well. Craig Morgan, you know, it was only a question of win with Craig. Uh, really good. And like Carl and Barrett. Barrett so like, in the other corner. You're, you're looking at six and, you know, obviously the, the goalkeeper would be a shootout, you know, in, ter- in terms of Barry Hogan and Brian Hogan. But I mean, that's a good solid six and Dan McCormick, Barry Heffern and Alan Flynn, you'll have a good three or four to pick from uh, in, the ha- in, the ha- in, the, in the midfield sector. And then Conor Bowe looks like he's he's really making good strides. I thought he was very good in March Park before he went off injured. Yeah. Uh, but it, but at the key thing, you know, Jason Ford, Mikey Breen, like these guys can all play. And if you can get, you know, Matthew and Jake Morris are, are the young guys that are coming in that give them a little bit of pace and a bit of energy. But I mean, you know, if you have John McGrath firing to the level that John McGrath can fire, uh, he got two, three yesterday. If that was enough to to really kickstart this man's season, like he can be a huge player. Like he's he's an exceptional talent who who's um you know if he can just find his his real form and look like Noli, Noli can just orchestrate things. You know, he was in at eleven yesterday, but I mean, he was he was very good in championship last year. Again, he's an ability to be able to get on ball and. You know, we talk about him being in the in the Tom Brady stakes, but so like when you when you weigh all that up, Dale, um, and Colum, in fairness to him, has has looked at a lot of talent over the course of the league. You know, and I think the league was structured well in terms of his ability to get a look at players um, over the course of the league. So he's now got to go away, and I, I'm sure there'll be like I'm sure there'll be lads and great to see Bonner Maher coming back on the on the pitch again yesterday. You know, what a warrior! He's back from injury again after two horrific setbacks. So. You know, there's there's a lot of young talent coming in. There's a lot of older guys there that are there long enough now to really take the lead on, um, because you know Seamus going to going to championship without Seamus Callum, Paddy Maher, and Brendan Maher is a is a is a big ask. But I think Callum has, with you know, if he can really get that competitive streak into his into his internal matches over the next four weeks, you'd have to say you know we'll be outsiders. As I said, every, everyone you know, but they got seven yesterday. If they could get one or two down there. You know, I think it gives them it gives them a fair it gives them a chance. You know, so you tip them on for generally in championship are always you know there's never that much between them. 
Um, you know, so I think, um, you know, the, the glass might be a little bit more fuller than maybe what people are thinking when you look at the, the talent that's there. And as I said, there's an ambitious group still in there. So there's a lot of people that will probably need to come uh, hard over the next four weeks. But if that's the case, we should have a good solid team and, and a good backup behind them going to Walsh Park in, in four weeks' time. Yeah, and I'd, I'd say you, you only have to go back maybe four weeks, three, four weeks to, you know, we look at how Kilkenny are going at the moment and they're beginning to be, everyone is beginning to sit up and say, Jesus, hang on, you're like TJ back on top of what's there at the moment, but tip beating them in Turles. And I don't think, Liam, I think he can travel to Waterford with a fair old 26. I know Mark has given the match to, to Liam Cahill's men already, but uh, I think I think he'll go with a bit of interest. TJ, you, you, went, to, you went to Killarney last weekend. Is there any truth that you're flying out to uh, Portugal tomorrow morning from Shannon for a week's hot weather training. I was away the weather wasn't great in Clowney, I heard. Yeah, I was away for the week, Dale, so I'm not privy to anything that's going on. I, I must just make my context. Unfortunately, <laughs> I didn't get a chance to do it before the show. But I, back up, I back up your statement, Dale, if that's any consolation. I back up. <laughs> you um, heard it. Even though you weren't here, you heard it, Leo. I heard it. <laughs> Um, to touch on tip there, what Liam just said, like with all those young, with, 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 with all those they weren't long, they weren't long turning out I'll like the cock crowd, Liam, were they? I'll, I'll, I'll go back to <laughs> what I will say with all the youngsters that Liam is named for tip there, right? If they were to go and win the first round of a championship, it would just give them an awful lot of confidence for the rest of the championship. To win the first round of the championship as a young team, I know in my own days, going back a long time ago, mm. just with a young team, if you win first day out, it just does wonders for the whole thing and set it up. Now, to answer your question is, look, with the league campaign that we had, we're going to need all the help that we can get. We have a Cork team flying in a league semi-final, probably will win, be favourites to win the weekend. So we need all the help we can get. There are plenty positives in terms of my Casey being back, right? The defence will be fine, I think, right? We have plenty of players there. But I'm not so sure that John will have been maybe as excited or whatever that he's found all the solutions to up top. There's not a lot of players at the same level. I, I, I couldn't even tell you now who will take uh, Peter Casey's position in, in, in the forward line. Like there's a possibility we'll go back, to, we'll go back to Graham. The other players hasn't really... I, I, I think that it's much of a muchness and that's not been hard on any of them I think they've all played well but I don't think anybody has kind of nailed their colours to say that number 15 short is mine Cahill O'Neill has been a good find during the league he's more of an out the field player rather than an inside forward they've tried a couple of other players there so that's the challenge for them I suppose one of the things that Limerick faces is is, is there a reshuffle is there something different? Um, is there something different that we can see with the puck outs? And I suppose that's the piece, Mark, that you're going to have to wonder about and try and hear all the stories that are going on because Limerick are going to go away now. Yeah, they'll probably play one or two games, maybe against the Galway or let's say somebody else has said in Leinster um, and find out exactly what structure they need. Like, it, what, like, what are the chances of Kyle Hayes going centre forward? I'd say that it has to be strong enough at this stage, or some place in the forwards, just to change it up because of what we have in the yes, next. Listen to me for a finish, like. I think so, Dale. You've been you've been banging that drum, but like, like yeah. that, that's the reality. Like I said it was, it was a good win yesterday, but like, how, how much can you read into it? And that's again, it's not saying anything. I said Offaly had an eye on next weekend. That's a big game for them. But they did what they had to do. But overall, and I think John has come out and said that he wouldn't have been overly pleased with the league campaign that you just had, they would have been trying to be, I'd say, definitely a bit better and more competitive. So, yeah, plenty, plenty of questions and plenty to ponder there for him for that, no sure. And Mark said last night, we're drifting all the time. I think, are we even money now, Mark? 
We are around five to six anyway. I was saying last night, I think you're getting to a stage where you're probably a bit of value now at the moment. Because <laughs> I, I, still, I still think you're the team to beat, TJ. And I think going on past experience and up, they go back to 98. I remember, as, as you know, Dale, we played Clare in the semi-final of the league had an eight-point victory with Antibes Waterford in the league final. <laughs> we were cockle-hooping in a couple of weeks later. And then we uh, beat Limerick actually in the first round and then got clipped by Clare in the semi final. A right bad beating, to be honest with it. But it set us up for the, the future, I suppose. That was the day we jumped the rope. Remember, remember the rope <laughs> there in Torres? You weren't supposed, you were supposed to go around it. But we jumped the rope and, and Jimmy Barry right. and Dr. Khan were in front of me. And I said, Get out of life. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Jimmy's family said to Khan, We're in trouble here, Khan. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair play, Chi. You weren't long winning the All Ireland anyway. It didn't take yeah. you long. So, but yeah, tell uh, what, I'd, what, say, what, I'd say, Mark, when you've done the tour from Cork City down as far as Dungarvan, Clecton, and State, man, I'd say you could put it all on Limerick. Five to six. Yeah, I'd, I'd be um, I like there was six to four to win the All Ireland last year. Like if they'll go evens, you'll certainly have to be putting hand in the pocket. I would say because they've done it last year. Didn't have a brilliant league. They still they haven't gone away. And um, I think I think the first round coming to Parky Cueve, they won't be looking past that. It's like it's like the club championship. When you get your draw at the start of the year, you have about four months to prepare for the first round. Everybody's all in on the first round. Once you win the first round, you're either start to take off. And I think I think it could be a difficult situation for Cork to deal with if they'll get to the league final. That's my own view at this point in time. Dello, we spoke about Willie Mullins and Patrick and Paul Townend having the ability to get it right for the big championship events, right? So I think the challenge for these management teams now with the sports science and S&C that's available and the loads that they have and your old eye on that 15 on 15 as to who's putting his hand up, that's really going to determine a lot of what happens you now and Easter weekend. So that, that's a big challenge. And as I said, I, I, I just don't see Limerick being as far ahead of the group judged on 2022 form at the moment. So I just think they're going to have to find that improvement. Now they could, and I hope they do. But I'm saying they're going to have to find it. Yeah, when you're finished talking each other down, sure, we'll, we'll see hope <laughs> or down. <laughs> that's reality. <laughs> um, the live game, Liam, I enjoyed it. I, there was a championship bit of a cut to it, wasn't there? Um, like Kilkenny had to win, they knew Dublin would probably win, so they had to get the win. Watford certainly left off a few names, um, and looked a bit leggy, but at the same time, I think if Austin Gleason had took, taken his time a little bit more, he didn't realize how much time he had when the ball was popped inside. I think that would have put him six, if not seven ahead at that stage. It might have put a different slant. I don't know, did Killian Buckley's shot take a deflection as the camera work? Yeah, I couldn't Wouldn't see it. Told either. Us? Yeah, yeah, it was. It would have fancied Billy Nolan to save it from there. Okay. Just, it might have taken a nick, nick even off maybe one of his own lads, you know. So, but there's no doubt about it. Kinney will say with Keen Kinney in the middle of the field with, with David Blanchfield and with this Mikey Butler. Like he did some job mm-hmm. on Desi Hutchinson yesterday. And Desi might be still only coming around yeah. after the after the club final and all that, you know. But like that, like added to that now with the form, and Jackie alluded to it last night, I suppose we're not, we're not all blind, but in the last two games against Dublin, outstanding after a slow start in Parnell Park, Walter, like, and Parik Welch putting over, every time he shoots, now he, he, 
Yeah. If he takes six shots in a game, he's definitely getting five points or you know, five shots, yeah. four points. So yeah. like with with Billy Ryan really showing form as well, I'd feel you know, Killian Buckley now sort of playing as a fourth half forward, if you like, maybe a quasi with Parik making three in the middle of the field and shooting from distance, and they're leaving Billy Ryan and Massey Keown inside. A few to come off the bench. They have TJ Reid to come back. I know it might tighten him for the first couple of games in Leinster, but let's face it, they do have Westmead and Leash, and you'd be expecting yeah, the windows. So, Jesus, they've become a different proposition out of a shot, haven't they? Yeah, they do. Um, and again, I seen him and I seen him against Tip and Turles, and I said, oh, I, I really feared from if you, if someone mm. asked me that day who was going to be the team that was going to lose out in Leinster, um, in terms of you know. Let's call it straight. You know, you you you'd call it four for three. Um, is how you call it. And I said, oh, I don't I don't see it happening. Um, and to watch them against Dublin and Parnell Park the last day, like, you know, I think that the changes they've made, like in fairness, Hugh, Hugh, Hugh Lawler is a colossus of fullback. Um, you know, um, there's no doubt about it, Park Welch is making a real impact. And like David Blanchfield, you know, like I haven't seen many players go and fetch ball overhead Danny Sutcliffe's head and, and really make it an uncomfortable outing. Now, I know Danny may, might have been a little bit subdued by his standards, but at the same time, David Blanchfield, you know, he's rangy. He's the type of player that you could see would really play to Cody. Uh, and I, I think he's, he's and, really... And no, just, to throw in, just to throw in, no, and no Paddy Deegan there either. And, and like no. on Cody, when he came off the bench, the point he scored from the one he picked under the sideline. Like, but Paddy Deegan, for me, has been one of the players of the league as well for them. And they can afford to put Richie Reid in there, like <laughs> yeah. And Paddy Deegan was very, very good in that role in, in Parnell Park. I thought he really just covered up and shored up everything. So if they get their spine right down the middle, like and like like you know, having a guy like Walter Walsh play into his potential, like he hasn't really found it in the last year or two, uh, but he looks like he's he's back and his mojo's back again. And like he's a huge player for them because he gives them a different dynamic, his power, his ability to win ball, like he's just he's a he's a he's the dream of a half hour because the, because of the work he can get through. And I, I think in one of these championship matches, Billy Ryan's going to hit the back of the net three times. I have been hugely impressed with him. He was outstanding against Tipperary in a team that wasn't playing well. He was their one shining light. He got his goal yesterday, uh, but I think there's I think there's a few goals in this guy in championship. Um, I've always looked at him, and he's he's been sort of hovering around it. But I think this could be the year where he where he does where it does actually happen for him in championship. And I think if it does, it'll be a massive uh, lift. But Kilkenny. I'll tell you what, Taylor, they're far from gone away. Um, and, you know, look at Waterford. Waterford have a really, really strong panel. Like, Waterford can, could leave off five players and they'll bring in, like, they've got really good work ethic. Mikey Beavins and Lean Cahill have put a really good work ethic into the group overall. So, you know, even if they leave out three and bring in three, they're not really, you know, held back by the three that comes on. They're benched. They, they'll have 23 or 24 players going to the first round of the championship well able to perform. The question is, can they get that level of peak performance across everyone on the pitch that means they're going to win a trophy in uh, be it a monster championship or a, and that that is the challenge um that they've that they've got to work through and i think dublin are lucky that they're out of the league because i actually think looking at them you know myself and shane downing commented on this like they're working off the same pool of players uh, i think they know they're they're very matty knows his style he knows exactly how he wants to play he'll be able to get his challenge matches and fine tune it but i think they actually need to freshen up that group for championship to have any chance and i think they didn't need another match or two uh, because, as I said, they're using the same... They don't have that backup. They nearly cost them the match with Tip. You know, with 13 minutes to go, they brought on the, the empty dimension. They hardly scored afterwards. So, um, yeah, I, but, I, I, you know, Kilkenny have really surprised me in the last few weeks, and they've gone from being where I thought they were 
no chance of qualifying to saying, geez, these boys are far from gone away, which is a credit to, to, the, to the group and how they apply themselves down there. And Matt, Liam, I was going to ask Liam one thing. What, what, what I thought on looking at the TV yesterday was just definitely a change in style in Kilkenny, right? Like before, yeah. they would have struggled with Tiger Burke sitting in the pocket the way he does, right? The way Kilkenny play and lumped that ball forward, they struggled with that format, which are used to the ball in the last couple of games. There's definitely been a change in mindset in the way they play the ball to the inside forward, work the ball through the middle third. They're used to the ball. If you look at you know, David Blanchfield, is definitely the best example of it, right? Every time he gets the ball, is that head up, right? So it's either a nice ball in or or a sharp ball or a cross field ball there's definitely definitely been a change in culture in the way Kilkenny play in recent times without a doubt no question and even the, the prime example was last night when the ball was put cross field they took out Tag de Borca ball was put across to Billy Ryan Billy Ryan cross field ball to Billy Ryan he picked it banged it over the bear and that's that's I think Kilkenny have learned that you know they can't play the old way where they used to just turf it down I think they're far more they're far more tuned in to what other teams and how they're playing and how they break down other teams and and I think that's another big plus for them. I don't look like, for a while they were so good maybe they were they were nearly asleep when it came to being yeah. tactically aware of how the game was going on and how the game is evolving. But I, I definitely see a change and I think the biggest change of all has been in this year's in this year's league. But personnel are really stepping up too um mm. which is yeah as I, said, I think I, I think Buckley this move of Buckley lads since the tip game like in Parnell and up has changed a lot I think they can shove Walter into the middle, Buckley go for the high ones, wait till Reed is back. They'll still be able to go route one occasionally. And, mm-hmm. and Murph, Murph will like that as well. You know, home games in Nolan Park, he will like going long. And they'll, you know, we all know that they're probably the best for a long, long time on breaking ball. And they'll go for their breaking ball. And there's a bit of a mojo. And Mark, you've kind of always championed them on this show. Would you nearly make them favourites to win Leinster now? Jesus, it's an incredible turnaround because mm-hmm. I probably was in the, the Liam camp a couple of weeks ago as well because we, we were saying who's going to be the tree come out of out of there and um, we were probably putting Kenny <clears throat> out of it. They're very much back in it. And you know, the one team that has probably slipped back a little bit is Galway insofar that we thought they were fearsome at the very start and now they look, you know, just if they have a going day, they can be very good. But you wouldn't really be overly concerned going in against them. But would I make Kilkenny favourites? Jesus, I, I, I think um, it's very difficult, Anthony. I, I must say, when you say Owen Cody and Thierry to come back into it, Petty Deegan as well. They're three big names. A bit like, you know, the lads are from the Waterford team that were missing yesterday. They are very big names as well. Um, but we all know what you're going to get from Kilkenny. You're going to get it hard. Fair, no complaints, no moaning to the referee, no hard luck stories, you know. And as we all know, when Cody starts, you're in trouble then when that happens, you know. So, from what <laughs> I mean, gather, he, he, he was at he his brilliant best, from what I can gather, on the sideline yesterday. Because I think, I think Wardwood had a rising coming and they wanted to go to Northern Park. And just wondering, have they given them a small little bit of an impetus? Because they are close neighbours and Waterford have been excellent so far this year. Oh, Caleb Lines, obviously, and Jamie Barron, are obviously long-term injuries. They're a bit like, you know, the best, uh, your best players. They're wrapping them up in cotton wool. They, they, they must be, you know, they must be afraid that they're going to break down because 
they have serious players uh, to have to come back in. And I don't know what the story. I I didn't hear this, that, that rumor yet that Bennett is injured, uh, Dale. But I need a can. <laughs> only rising by the evening of Saturday morning because <laughs> he's a big don't one. He's that. my captain on the fantasy team. So he's a massive, massive fellow for me. <laughs> but um, yeah. on Larry, form, Larry has Jason Ford, form, so he has to take him up. Yeah, 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 yeah. On the farm displayed in the last two matches, and the fact that their stock is rising as far as the year is going on, you probably would be slipping him into favourites at the moment for Leicester, yes. Yeah, yeah. And TJ, on that, I suppose we'd have, coming out of the Gaelic grounds, I suppose, on that Saturday night with the brilliant atmosphere, we'd, we would have had Galway. But then we'd have to consider Limerick's form then over the next couple of games that it wasn't hectic. So, like, would you, you know, with, with Kevin involved, and I you know he's not going to tell you state secrets, but. Like Tip, they have experimented a lot, haven't they, Galway? And I know it's been a t- very tough couple of weeks for Henry, and we've heard from Richie mostly after the matches with O'Neill. And but like, they'll need no, they'll need the challenge matches now to be set and under fifteen, and you know they'll be hoping that the Brian Concannons get right and and uh, those few things that need certain. I was I was very impressed the shape that we'll say Conor Cooney, Gerard McInerney, these guys were in. Um, that night in Limerick, seeing them in the flesh. But um, it's, it's a funny one, isn't it? When you're experimenting, they're all good players. Like when you go through them, Glennon, Monaghan, all these fellas, um, they're all very good players, great pedigree, all earn minor medals. And yet you have to bet in at senior level as well. So again, the 15 and 15s there in, in, in Atonrai and in, in uh, Salt Hill will be, will be huge. Absolutely huge. And to go back to your previous question, first of all, is um, the powers that be make Galway favourites for Leinster. They have Kikenny number two with Wexford three and Dublin four. That's the way they see it right now. I would say we'd probably learn a good bit more about Kikenny the weekend. If Cork go full Allen Parky Keeve and Kikenny come down and have a go at him, you could find Kikenny could be favourites after the weekend. Um, the Galway situation, I would say the, the thing they're probably most pleased with right now is their big players are playing well. Like Dahi Burke is back to something near his best fullback. I know he made one or two mistakes but he's back hurling well. Hardrick Mannion is back hurling well. Joe Cooney. And I suppose the form of Connor Cooney has been a real plus, right? And then they've moved Kyle Mannion up closer to the goal and he's getting loads of scores from play. Yes, they have plenty other good players around the place and Concanon's back. Evan Nyland came on yesterday as to whether he starts or not. I know Marco's a big fan of his. So, like a lot of the other teams, they've had a good, strong look and now it's back down to, like I said a while ago, it's that 15 on 15 and the eye and as to who plays on the day. And I think the first round of the championship is important for Galway. They go to Wexford. It's not going to be easy. And if that didn't go your way, you're on the back foot. But there's probably a championship game. If you're planning a weekend away, Delo, I would say Kilkenny and Galway in Salt Hill. That's your one. Get up early on Saturday night because traffic will be mad. Have a few beers on the Saturday have a few beers on the Saturday night. We might meet you up there. I'll it'd be start better, the it'd be better again, TJ, if RT paid me to be there. Oh, if RT paid you to be there, even better, yeah. Um, just, but, just, on, just on Galway, that, TJ, what, what's, what, what, I, what I think Galway have a bit to work on for the next... Like, they got no goal, Dela, in the four, yeah. in the four matches. Um, of no, like, so that, you know, 23 points again, Cork, 25 again, Clare, 27 again, Limerick, and 15 again, Wexford. And to me, they have one of the best full forwards in the country. And I don't know, have they got a game plan that gets him quality? I, I watched the Cork and Galway match and I was watching the ball and supply that Patrick Horgan was getting from Cork into his line. And I was watching the supply of ball that um, Connor uh, Whelan was getting 
Like, like honestly, like I'd say the man must come in at, at times at half time or full time saying, lads, will you just give me in? Like every ball that went in, there was two on top of him. Um, he was getting no ball where he could go out. And like the man has an incredible ability. He's a low center of gravity, which means he can get down low, grab a ball, and he t- he has you on the turn. I mean, he got a, he got a goal after one of Arab over the league against those. And I said, I nearly it was nearly, nearly applauding. Like it was an incredible goal. Like the chap, I think, is just pound for pound. He's a really, really good player. Yeah, but I don't know. Have, yeah. I don't know. Do Galway have a plan to get the, to get quality ball in in front of this guy? 20, 30 yards from goal where, he, where he's one-on-one. One. Or even if there was a lad hanging around there, he'd be still okay. Uh, and I think that's their big challenge because I don't think you, you won't win you won't win Leinster. You won't come out of Leinster unless you won't, you won't win a Wexford if you can't get goals. So I think they, they have a bit of work to do on the training ground in my view because I, think, I see other teams, Limerick have a plan to get quality ball in to get goals. You know, tip of a tip of a, a route to goal. Um, Lim, you know, and you know, Cork will get good quality ball in. And I just think Galway, if they find that path to goal through him, I think that, I think as you said, they're in good nick and I think they're playing for this man. Uh, yeah, definitely are, yeah. I think to, just to qualify that, didn't Galway win the All-Ireland Liam in 2017? I think without scoring a goal, I think that's what Galway people will, will tell us back. But I, I do think the way teams are playing, you, you, you do need goals. But they've had a look at a lot of forwards and they, and, and, they, and they have a lot of different options, I think. And as I said, they're, they're big players, like for the last year or two, for me, probably didn't play well enough. I, I, I just don't think they got enough out of them. And I do see that the better players are back to some sort of form, I think, which will be a plus. I'm sure, Henry, over the next four, four weeks, they will be working on that. And I, just to qu- that point as well, in the Limerick game, even though they won it, they got some nice ball into Conor Whelan, but he was on his own at times, Liam. I, I, I definitely, yeah. um, definitely saw that in the Gaelic grounds for sure. Yeah. So, look, at this moment in time, they are... The favourites to 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 win Leinster. No, they didn't win it over the last two years. Like so, yeah. Let's see after the weekend. Yeah, and um, we won't mention Clare because uh, Lohan sends me a text there every Monday. To say, well done, Delo. <laughs> no, great mention it again, like you know. But we won't be training at all, lads, for the next um, four or five weeks. Del. We we're, we're sending Tony Kelly to Lords and uh, hoping for the best there. I know. Things tipping away okay for Claire, I'd say. You know, mm. I'd say he's happy enough. Um, again, the couple of games now, and and he he doesn't need any more injuries like uh, Aidan McCarthy, Dermot Ryan, probably the two best of the younger fellas. You know, if they're they're twenty two or that now, like he'd need them, and whether we'll have them back now is very doubtful. Um, great success with the likes of Shane Meehan. Hopefully, Mark Rogers gets back. Uh, Ryan Taylor outstanding yesterday, five points in play. Yeah, five points in play, yeah. Yeah, you know, so and Dougie, Dougie, they played him in the county league last week for Clooney and he shot the lights out. I think Peter Duggan, now obviously, it's a step up and he needed the game. But things beginning to look settled in the back line for Clare if the, if Dermot Ryan could get back, you know, in terms of John Conlon being back there, the full back line with Rory Hayes and Conor Cleary and Paul Flanagan settled, Ever Quilligan settled. So, yeah, I'd say it's still a glass kind of half full for Clare. I think that a lot will depend, I suppose, on Tip Waterford, really. If Tip didn't go well in Waterford, Clare would fancy going to Thurless Fresh. You know, they won the last time they had to go there in the round robin. And, you know, they just maybe would say we've two in Ennis, two in Thurless, lads, because Cork are obviously giving up. You've had Sheeran, uh, Marco, so you're giving up the home advantage there. So you're not worried about us. But uh, look at it. You know, we've 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 had a great hour between Cheltenham and everything else. I suppose. Look, we have to just talk about the overall structure of the league and 
the, like the relegation match, obviously, like very and you had a connection with them, Liam, um, recently enough with the Antrim lads, I suppose, and obviously with with Darren being there as well, and obviously yesterday they probably said, look, not now of it, we have to get ready for the following week, and we will have Offaly, and maybe Mick Finley said much the same as well. Now watching some of the defending for the goals last night. You'd be worried, and we didn't even see the tip goals, so you'd be worried maybe there as well. But obviously, they'll be level enough, and they will be meeting in the John McDonough game. But like Jackie said last night, it's probably a bigger game than the John McDonough game, even to stay up there. And I know there's a few hidings involved, but Antrim, to be fair to them, have shown that um, they can, especially in Corrigan Park, that they can come out and really put it up to teams. And you know, played well in Nolan Park as well this year early on. And, I suppose just the few misses against Leash have haunted them coming down the stretch there uh, when they probably should have solved the game against 14 men. But it's hard to, to find a solution, Liam, isn't it, overall, to the, the little gap that's there? And maybe it's more than a little gap, you know. It's, but it's hard, like, even in, when, when the 1B was the next level down, lads, and, and I remember being relegated with Dublin and ourselves and Limerick and Wexford were the three down there with the three so-called weaker teams, right? And I mean, we had a ferocious relegation battle with Galway the previous year to not go down there, like because for Dublin, Ireland was going to be a disaster. But Wexford weren't going so well, I think, in 13. We beat them handy enough and Limerick beat them handy enough. So ourselves in Limerick in Crow Park was nearly, uh, Limerick won us, but it was a shootout to meet again. And then Dublin won the League 1B final um, in Turles later on in the year. So was that the solution either? I'm not so certain. But it's hard to come up with a solution, isn't it? With these hidings last year. I know Shane O'Brien came out last year and he said, we, although we got the hidings in Westmead, we stuck with the plan and we won the John McDonough. But you kind of yeah. fear from in the Leinster Championship now as well. Yeah. With their, their form is topsy-turvy in, in the 2A of the league. They are into the semi-final versus Kerry and Down. What a victory for Down above in Belly Cran. Great story for Ronan Sheehan's men. Um, you know, the three clubs in the peninsula there providing nearly all the players and... Uh, but it is hard to know where where we can come up with a solution. Yeah, it is. It is. But, you know, I, I know that if you talk to anyone that's involved in Antrim, like they do they do love the fact that, you know, Clare or Watford or Kilkenny or any of those coming up to them, like that matters. I mean, you see the, the swarm of kids that was around Austin Decent after the final whistle um, when, they, when they're losing. Like, I mean, you know, you, you just have to ask yourself, what what is that doing for the game at grassroots level in Antrim, you know, if you're getting in to meet mm-hmm. your heroes. So, you know, I, I'm sure you remember going into, to, um, to Ennis when your heroes were playing in there in the, in the sixties. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, no, but Unless they brought me as a baby in the last year. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> they were baptized in there. I'd say, if you ask me, you were so lucky in there. But uh, no, but honestly, it, it does it does mean something. So like they love playing that they love playing the top teams. And as you said, like after four matches, I think they were minus ten points. So like it's not they were they were really competitive. And you know, so like they, they, it's a massive match for both counties because Offaly and Antrim would like to be. You know, we go back to the late eighties and these teams were in All Ireland semi-finals and finals. So like they, they do have an ambition to be really competitive, and they like playing the top teams, and they don't. You know, they don't go out to get, like, yesterday what happened, you'd have to say, it doesn't normally happen to Centrum uh, team. So, as you said, the eye was on you know, a big, massive game next weekend. So, it is a big game, but I think it shows you, I would say there's probably more uh, drive and energy and enthusiasm in winning next Saturday night's match 
than there might be in some of the other matches that, that could be still left in the competition because they want to be pitting themselves. That's where they want to see themselves going long term. And to get there, they need to be pushing themselves in against them on a regular basis. And I think Antrim would rather have three matches in 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 Corrigan Park next year against top class opposition than find themselves back down there. And I'm sure Offaly would would say the same. So, you know, it's it's a it's a hard one to fix, but you know, because you only have, you know, you're you're hovering between eight, ten teams, ten, twelve teams, twelve, fourteen teams, you know, you've got some great um you know, there's always going to be the great debate, uh, but I think, I think what you'll see next weekend is two teams that will fight on their backs to remain in the top tier because they want to be playing against top class opposition. So I think that aspect of it, I think what what um, Antrim has been exposed to in the last two years by being in the top tier has been good for Antrim hurling in its long term because they're up there. They're two hours away from Dublin and, and even further if you go up to the very tip of it. So, you know, um, as I said, they'll fight in the backs, but it's going to be some battle. Any news on where that's been played, Liam? Um, no, but I expect somewhere like Parnell Park, you'd expect next weekend is yeah. what is what you'd expect. I mean, if you're talking about Offaly, and that's probably, that's you know, I'm sure there'll be somewhere like that. Um, It'd be great I, if I'd they threw it into Croker, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the league semi-finals are not going to be there you know it would be lovely I think for both of them to be exposed I guess I think it's a steep learning curve for Offaly as well like you're coming from 2A you're coming from Christy yeah. Ring and I just said some of the defending the amount of goals they've conceded like it's just it's, and Mick is probably delighted in one way I think that there's a reality check for the Offaly people who thought well Michael Dygan is doing great work we've Mick Finley mm. over our uh, hurling team we have John Mahan Tomas O'Shea over our football team we won the 2020 All-Ireland football and you know but for them as well I think it's as you said like what would be great now is a very good awfully minor team twi- or Antrim minor team 20 team I believe this awfully minor team is really good TJ with Leo and Charles yeah, 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 so yeah. Yeah, that's the way forward team, yeah. lads you ha- you ha- and, and, and to be <clears throat> as you said be, to be going to those games Liam like my heroes were the seventies team that won back to back leagues and were very unlucky mm. in two monster finals. There's a great Cork three in a row team. And to yeah. even go to Kirkcastle train and to see Johnny Kellnan put a love yeah. of of hurling into me, you know, and that kind of thing. So it's probably the, the only way forward. Would you the other point is when like when when they were playing Kilkenny, I think there was there was there was an under there was a, the minor squad or the under seventeen squad were down playing awfully on the way down to the game. And their their under twenties team were, were playing a temporary selection on their way down to the game. So you can't underestimate that either, that their 17s and 20s are going on down and they're getting to see their senior team playing against Kilkenny and you know, held their own, as I said, only beaten by three points uh, on the day. So as part of the bigger picture and for the overall development of where Antrim Hurling is trying to get back to or go to in future years, it's it's big and there's a lot of work going on behind the scenes to try and make that happen. But you know, as you said, there's a lot on the line for both counties uh, next, next Saturday night. It is the, the biggest game uh, next weekend, I feel, without question. It, yeah, it'll yeah. be, it'll be a little bit disappointed, Liam, that, um, that they coughed up the match against Leash. Like, we would have always felt that, that was the game. How, like, they had very, very good form coming into the match because they'd taken Waterford very close. They'd played very well against Kilkenny for long spells. And, like, after Mark Kelly for Leash was sent off after... T- Early in the game, it would have looked like they should have been able to close it out. Now they've definitely the way yesterday went. That's a you know even Neil McManus off and stuff for that. That they are 
totally all in on the Offaly game, but they'll be really kicking themselves if they get relegated this year, having left the leash. And not this being disrespectful to the leash lads, because Leash probably looked at that themselves that they put everything into that game and they got their reward on their back. They're still going to hold their status uh, going into next year. But um, Antrim will be kicking themselves, I'd say, if they don't get a result next weekend. Yeah, no, there's no yeah. doubt about it. It was, it, was, it was their most nervous performance, I would feel. You know, I watched some of the games online. The great thing about modern technology, you know, but but if you look at the four matches, you know, they lost by a pint. They, they lost by, they, had, they were level with Dublin at halftime. Um, and Dublin pulled away and I think won by five or six in the finish. Uh, they were beaten by three points in, in, in Kilkenny. They lost by a point in Leash. And as I said, they were a point up with a few minutes to go. And yeah, they, you know, they, they could have got across the line. And Watford, it was, it was a point and a penalty was saved and put over the bar. They would have made the match a draw. Yeah. So as it was, you, you have to look at it as well. Sometimes we look at the one match and say, OK, they didn't perform. There's no team that has gone through the league that hasn't had, that hasn't had a flat performance. Um, um, you know, I, I think I think that's that's the way it is because if you if actually broke down those four performances, you'd say Leash or Antrim had a very very good league overall. Mm. But unfortunately, yeah. you know, if you, if you lose the match, you lose your head to head. You know, they were never going to show up yeah. yesterday. They were, it was always yeah. about yeah. the following weekend. Yeah, and it's we wish them both the best of luck. I think it'd probably be harder for Antrim having gone out of the Liam McCarthy. You know, I wouldn't have thought that was a disaster once they remained in Division 1A, but now it's huge stakes. And as you said, Liam, the biggest game of the weekend. So, yeah, um, we won't solve it. It's not easy, but when you come down to weekends like this, it can be a bit hard. You know, you see the Sunday game last night, you see probably 40 minutes hurling and, you know, an hour and 20 football. And But I suppose there is more at stake. I I think, like, what do they expect of hurling people? Like, we've changed our Munster and Leinster champion championships into round robin like leagues um, we still have the Fitzgibbon we still have the early season tournament and we have to have the All-Ireland played in July it's it's not easy on team managers whereas we know the narrative I know it's about to change probably for next year but we know the narrative in the football as the league is nearly more important now except for the three or four teams that are winning the All-Irelands like but league league status and Division 1 is and, and I know even down here in Clare even though they lost by a point yesterday, I think it's going to be seven seasons in Division Two, which is massive, like for Clare football, and and the status going forward and young fellas and building with minor and so, not easy on hurling because we used to be having maybe the Munster Championship as we knew it, one round then into a back door and you might have a bit of time to spare, you wouldn't be starting to the 29th of May, sixth of June ish, maybe even a week later if you were in the semi final, and then you really could go hell for leather for the league with maybe a seven week break. You know, to get your house in order. So I think some of the criticism from some of the lads out there that have have all the answers, and I'm not saying we we have all the answers here. We certainly don't. But it's just that the system has changed this year, and I think it has led to a bit of this. I one, suppose, Dale, uh, we did have one weekend. We had one weekend off, right? That maybe mm. in hindsight they might be better off not having that weekend off, and and keep going with the league matches. I think the one complaint that any team will have for the league this year is it's only two weeks from the final to the first round of the championship that that needs to change for next year it needs to be a three-week break definitely so either the week that we give off that two weeks or last weekend that needs to be to be used up or else start the week earlier and and if you want to give a team a break or give the teams a break in the middle fine but the big takeaway for me is it has to be three weeks between the league final and the first round of the championship. 
And is 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 no is no semi final the answer to that? Maybe Mark, maybe just just a straight final. But I think you made a very valid point earlier on that you that you could have a couple of dead rubber. Yeah, you could have had a couple of dead rubber games, like you know. So um, nearly thank God the results went the way they did, Mark. That you had the Kenny Wexford semi final and a Cork Watford semi final. Maybe yeah, just so lucky the way the results went that we have a a Munster Leinster clash. Yes, true, 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 true. true. Uh, great take up in the racing club, lads. We're we're over halfway as full, I think. Are we? Well, well, well over halfway there. Um, <laughs> there was a couple of men hours put in. Yeah, I had to. Uh, I put in a lot of men hours there with Patrick Mulcahy there um, over the last couple of days. To be honest about it, so we had over two hundred and forty emails came in with requests for memberships, and um, we have over three hundred members. Who have applied to to get involved? So I suppose a couple of things that have come out of the uh, I suppose the emails that came in is that we have um, members of Tipman living in New York. He's going to Aintree. He wants to meet up with us. I, I don't know whether you're going to be there or not, TJ, or or or, or maybe Liam or you, Dale. But we have a clear man originally from Clare. He's living in Luxembourg. Um, we have a, a cock man living in Brisbane in Australia who's listening to us, a Limerick man who's living in London, and we have another Limerick man who's living in Abu Dhabi who, uh, who listens to the podcast. Um, there's, a, there's, there's one group of lads, there's eight members from one group. That's the biggest group that we have. We have a couple of threes and uh, fours uh, looking for just a bit of crack. I suppose a bit like the Florian Forty Syndicate. There's five or six of those lads. And then we have, um, you know, I, I would say we have a couple of um, we have a couple of memberships from Antrim, Kildare, Fermanagh, Mead, Westmead, and Wicklow. So there, well, there's a, a lot of the gospel being spread up there as well, Dale. And um, and a very notable thing here now, right, is that there are two women have applied for shares for their husbands, and they confirmed it. So that's some bonus now. And it isn't either the three of you, I can tell you, you know, that uh, just uh, to let you know that, like. <laughs> So, yeah. I suppose one of, one of the big things that did come out of the um, the emails, right, is there's, there's five or six fellows have emailed in looking for further information on what the, the racing club is. So, I suppose, did you want to help me out here? But I suppose, in the essence of the whole thing, this racing club is a social club. Uh, it's been built on the ethos of a GA club, whereby you have a membership every year and you're members of the club. All assets are held by the club. And if, if there's a dispersal of assets at the end of three years, five years, 55 years, it'll be only the paid-up members will be involved in that. There's an annual subscription of 200 euros. We intend to have four horses involved, two from the national hunt side, two from the flat side. As TJ mentioned in our, in our meeting earlier on, and this probably should be our, um, our soundbite, is really this social racing club will bring you to places that you never thought you would be and will you will you will meet people also that you thought you'd never meet, and that has already happened for us. So, with, with meeting Jim Balger, there's no further costs. There's a percentage of the winnings if we're lucky to 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 win a few quid. It goes into the pot into the race club, and we are going to be backing um, cancer research uh, on that. We also had one member who was very interested in that, and he also suggested other. Um, other charities, and we've no problem with that either. So 
He's mentioned the colitis and Crohn's, I think it's ISCC is the name of the charity. And of course, we would love to, to support that. So um, I think, TJ, you mentioned this is not a money-making situation. It's purely trying to give people an opportunity to have a membership or have an ownership, a small ownership, but in a horse, and it'll take you to places that you never thought you'd be, and it'll hook you up with people that you never thought. So, like, Dela, I never thought I'd get an opportunity to meet you on a regular basis. It looks like I'm going to have to do that now. Just <laughs> a bit. Yeah, screen well, said, well said. <laughs> Yeah, well said, Mark. I, I, I look, I don't have much more to add than that. I think it's important to know as well that, that like, there's no money in this syndicate for any of us either. It's This is basically, we're going to be members of the club, the same as everybody else. But I will say, is just going from last week, the amount of GEA people you meet at the races from all parts of the country who have a cross-interest in GEA and in horses. And even for me last week, Mark, I met loads of people asking for you. <laughs> Where's Landers? Where's Landers? Is that a good outcome or a bad outcome? <laughs> Do you mean anyone? Do you mean anyone? anyone Liam, like, looking for him. You can count me in, lads. Yeah, oh, good stuff. Huh? Liam, Liam is it? Liam, Liam is it? Oh, you could wind up with the committee. Not very handy. No, 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 no like a hundred grand, you must have a fair accountant. Let's uh, there's no one making any money out of this. This is for crack charity, hopefully. And if you are lucky enough, maybe to back one of the horses, you might make a couple of pounds. Uh, a charity will be benefiting from this, and we will have fun days and evenings out. That is the plan, okay? For anyone out there, the cynical minds. So, look, there are 60 percent of the places are gone, and there's still emails coming in. Um, I think it's, it's info at commonracing.ie to email in if you are interested in joining the club. Just two small things, Mark, to add, right? There's a couple of the tracks and a couple of the trainers who said they'll host us all for some social days where we can go and see the horses training and a bit of crack and, and, and other things. But just to kind of paint the final picture for your 200 year, euros for the year, your club, all of us are attached to a club of some form or another where we want to go and see our club playing on a given day, taking on the might of whoever it is, and your heart and soul is behind the club and you want them to win. Right? Picture the situation. It's the Friday or the Saturday of the Galway Festival. right? We have a horse in one of the flat handicaps. right? There's about 450 of us in the stand and the horse is a chance. Right? And coming down the hill, right? he's getting into position. Let him, go, Kevin. Oh, let him go, Kevin. Let him go, Kevin. Let him off. Let him off. Let him off. Okay. That's that's the fun that we're chasing. And as I said, that's that's the, the way the club is set up. There's no money in for anybody, but we'll be good crack. Dilla, before you go, there's one brilliant character in Gary Splan GEA, and he reached the milestone of 90 this week. Just the great Snowy Heffernan. I think he's known all over the country. Just want to wish him a happy birthday. He's reached the great old age of 90 this week, and he's flying it. That's no way. Why no, no better man. No better man. I want to give a quick shout out here as well. A few good bosses there in the last week or two. We know podcast last Monday, obviously. Shout out to the the, the Sly, Slyan hurlers uh, who were on the stag. I hope the two bucks recovered sufficiently. And they got the Longford hurlers who were down in the training camp with Adrian Moran, one of our our sponsors of our our, our um, listeners league. 
the Mary Eye lads who came for Cheltenham last Wednesday, the fourth year's <laughs> Orla's crowd. Uh, the, and she came and worked. Fair to give a short shout out to Orla as well. While we were uh, trying to pick winners and they all wore their different jerseys. You had to wear a kind of a retro jersey. And TJ, I had your neighbours from Palace Green on Saturday evening after playing the Carcassa Juniors. Uh, great crack, great crack with them. I don't think we'd any answer our junior team to Colin Ryan, but outside of that, we battled away with them. But um, great, great shout out to them. It was great crack for the evening. We, we, the great Eddie, Ellie Woodford, great young uh, female vocalist coming up along here in Clare. Will be who'll be heard of big time. She we had her playing nice and early for the boys, and uh, she fairly rocked the place. So a good week, good good couple of weeks with the visiting teams anyway, and no trouble, thank God. That's the main. Good, it's my mother. It's a great stuff, good. Liam. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, 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 great good talk to, you, lads. to have your ex- expert opinion as always. Mighty stuff, lads. And uh, we talk to you all after the semi-finals next week when Cork let off the handbrake again, <laughs> and Marco is wearing a red. Tie here next Monday. Good luck. <laughs> Alliance. Supporting all 32 counties through the Alliance Leagues.